Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Monday, March 13, 2023. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? We got a whole host of stuff on the docket. Now the market didn't really finish that far from the flat line, but a lot is going on. We're actually going to talk about the banks. We're going to talk about a conspiracy theory that I have relative to the banks. Stay tuned for that. I know there's a bucket full of people out there, my followers, and I thank you very much, who love the conspiracy theory. So I'm going to spoon feed you a little bit today. We're going to start with something a little more in your face. What's jumping off at the daily chart? Yada, yada. And here's where we are. Let's go back to what we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks. Everything was about Irene until Friday she closed below Irene. What did I say in not one, not two, but many videos over the last couple of weeks? If she breaks below Irene, she's going down a hundred handles really, really fast. Okay, fair enough. Let's take a look at things. Where was Irene on Friday? Can we all agree that it was somewhere around 390 and change? Depends on where I put the cursor. Was it 390.50? Was it 390 and a quarter? Whatever it was, it was above 390. Great. What's today's low? 380.65. How many points is that? In the SPY, that's 10. How many S&P handles is that? It's 100. How you doing? Funny how that works. Let's move on. This is a copy of the email that everybody who's on the list received this morning. The title, as you'll notice all the way up at the top, is, Is There a Short Squeeze Retest Trade? This is sent out long before the opening bell. Okay, fair enough. Step two. Step 2.5. How about a tweet early in the morning before the opening bell? 7.40 a.m. right down here. What was the tweet? Retests are normal. Where could a snapback rally go and why? How about running a test of the trend line? Here's a snippet. This is third step. A snippet from inside the numbers before the opening bell, 9.15. What you'll notice is the next number down will start here. Forget about the overhead resistance. 382.95 is the next number down. Then it's 381.75, which creates a zone. Even if they spike it, there should be a bounce back in the other direction. 381.75. Keep it short and sweet. We think better in pictures. Five-minute chart, right of the vertical is today's activity. 381.75. And where did they go? Back to the trend line, right there. How do you like... Dem apples. Now, the stuff got refined after the opening bell. And of course, within the first few minutes of trading, the next zone for a buy would be 380.75. This is because before the opening bell, at the opening bell, and after the opening bell are three different markets. So before the opening bell, price is trading around X. After the opening bell, we want to watch them for a few minutes. The next zone for a buy would be 380.75 down to 379.65, give or take, for a bounce back in the other direction. A few minutes later, it's showtime for the bulls to bounce back. 
We think better in pictures again. 380.75 is where the horizontal trend line has now been adjusted to. And you'll notice low of day was 380.65 and the rip back up in the other direction. How you doing? Real quick, since we're here, let's see what else we have. Read the notes, pause the video, do all that stuff. But here, there's a short trade coming. We have the pivot. Price is trading around. They're back and forth. We have a magnetic zone. 388.95 to 389.85. Basically, a 90 cent spread is a zone which is both magnetic and overhead resistance, likely to get a reaction back in the other direction if reached in a hurry formation before 11 o'clock. This one you have to appreciate because when you look over here, you'll notice that the high in that morning squeeze up at that point in time at 11.30, was 389.86 for the pullback. They made a subsequent high on a retest. That was 390.39, but they never got out of the zone, and they pulled back. High of day. Low of day? High of day. Put that on your sticky notes. Might as well do it now. Pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart, and double-check the work. We had a myriad of traders today in the live room, inside the numbers, that absolutely made a boatload of profit today. We had 5K winners, 6,500. We had more than that. And I don't want to belabor the point, but the point is this. The numbers work. The teaching works. When you put it together, it's working. In addition, back to the daily chart. Last week, we talked about them coming down to 383, 384. They spiked it a little bit, but this was the initial place of support. They did the full 100 points in two days. Now, what happens from here? Well, let's move over to the conspiracy theory, and then we'll continue. We're talking banks. There's some kind of contagion with the banks, the regional banks, all that stuff. We know the stories. The stories have been running wild with the talking heads in the media for days and days and days. I'm not going to rehash the story. Silicon Valley Bank, there's a couple more. We've got a bailout situation. We've got the Fed or the government choosing which to bail out, which not to bail out. All that stuff is going on. But here's the thing. So over the weekend, I tried to get a handle on what was actually happening. What was the technical reason? What was the balance sheet? Not technical charts. But what was the balance sheet reason that this stuff is going on? What's actually happening? So I did my homework, and I think, I think I came out with an answer. Can't say this is it. This is my answer today. Something stood out at me when I read some stuff. I spent maybe 30 or 45 minutes reading stuff, and then something hit me like a ton of bricks. And what it was is a term that I wasn't exactly familiar with. Now, we've heard mark-to-market and all that stuff. If you've been around the markets for a while, mark-to-market is basically pricing something at what the market is trading at currently. But there's stocks and other securities that may be illiquid from time to time, and therefore there's something called mark-to-market or there's other marks that a financial institution can provide by law and by the accounting rules, and that's fine. Well, here's a rule that I didn't know exists. It's identifying something on a balance sheet as held or hold to maturity. So think about it like this. 
You're holding a bond. doesn't matter whether it's a treasury bond, a mortgage bond, or any kind of bond. A bank is holding a bond, and they classify it as hold to maturity, and therefore, they're really valuing at 100 cents on the dollar what they're going to get back for loaning the money. They're holding a bond. They get the interest. When they get it back, that's going to be 100 cents on the dollar. Right? Wrong. Well, maybe so, but here's the situation. So when I saw this hold to maturity line item on a balance sheet, I'm extrapolating that, and I'm saying they were valuing bonds that were significantly down with the rising interest rate environment. They were valuing them incorrectly on their balance sheet. Basically, they were inflating the value of their equity, their value of their balance sheet, which means that these banks weren't as liquid or as healthy as we thought they were and or the regulators thought they were. If you're holding a bond and it's worth a million dollars and it goes down 15 or 20 cents on the dollar, now that bond is really worth 800,000, 850,000. We'll extrapolate that out to a billion dollars or two or three billion dollars of bonds. Guess what? That's a big hole in the balance sheet that you're reporting profits against what's unrealized losses that eventually you're going to have to realize or at least tell the public about, report the information. So what happened? Well, Silicon Valley Bank went to the public markets to plug their hole in the balance sheet. They went for like two point something billion dollars, raised all kinds of red flags, and the spool of thread started to unravel. This is no different than collateralized debt obligations, collateralized mortgage obligations, derivatives, bets on bets on bets, all that CDO stuff from the financial crisis down about 12, 13 years ago. It's the same stuff, just different labels, different problems, different institutions. Or are they? This is the XLF. So it's obvious the XLF is unhealthy. We've talked about, look at this drop last week, we talked about the financials. If there's nothing wrong with the financials, and they're healthy, and they're strong, and they're in an uptrend, there's nothing wrong with the major structure of the markets, of the economy, of the financial system. However, once that changes, what happens? The financials changed, everything changed. All of a sudden, this monthly chart looks more like a bearish wedge pattern than a bullish pattern having run into resistance at the 20-month moving average, doesn't it? Move down, bearish pattern for a long, long time, many, many months, about like 10 months. 11 months. Now the trick is, are they going to find support here and go back up one more time? Or are they going to break the lows? We'll find out soon enough. How about the regional banks? KRE did some work in KRE. There's a gap down here, 4179, 4150 in that neighborhood. There's a gap. They almost hit it today. It came up short, but I have a better number for the KRE and it will be a swing trade forthcoming as long as they break the lows. What about JPM? Now, this isn't a regional bank. However, look at this chart, how quickly it goes from hanging around the moving averages to giving up three out of four moving averages that I follow. You look at the weekly chart, that's a pretty ugly reversal week on volume. Generally speaking, that's not the sign of a bottom, but it's the sign of at least an interim top. So is this a contagion that will spread through the entire or is already spread through the entire banking system? Is J.P. Morgan immune? Is Goldman Sachs immune? Is Bank of America immune? Or were they doing the same practices? 
This chart says Goldman was doing some of the same practices or they were doing something else or they're exposed, whether it's to other banks or to some other issue that's going on. That's what the chart is telling us. Bank of America lost all the moving averages last week, still trading lower. There are opportunities coming in the banks. They're not there yet. Whether or not today was a low remains to be seen. I don't think it's a low for the banks. Stand by. I know we're jumping around tonight. It's a little unorthodox. Change is good. Just roll with it. What's going on over in Camp IWM? So the spiders finished mainly flat today, just down a touch. Few points, few cents in the spiders, few points in the S&P. IWM was down another point and a half today. Now, granted, they have a lot of regional banks inside the IWM. That's part and parcel, but it doesn't matter. The IWM was down. That's all you need to know. It was relative weakness against the SPY. It doesn't matter what the reason underlying was. All that matters is this is what happened. This look familiar? We've talked about this stuff before. We're calling it a breakdown box. They're testing the breakdown box near the lows of the breakdown box. Get below the box, there's a whole new leg lower coming. Why is that? Because this was the breakout area. The market broke out after it was supposed to break down after a bearish pattern. Well, we don't know that it will or it won't. When markets break down after a bearish pattern, we're able to measure a move of where they would go in a secondary move. But if they don't break down, that same energy gets released in the upward direction, which is what happened here, and they came back to retest what? The area they broke out from. Same stuff over and over and over again. It's always right here on the chart. Put that on a sticky note. 169.30. It's unfinished business. What about the folks down at the transportation department? They gave up the ghost last week. There's your unfinished business. Check that. It's not really unfinished business, more of a target. As long as they go lower, that's the target, 13,590. That's not the end necessarily, but that's the minimum required target if they get below today's low. What about the Q people? How about an update for the Q people? Why is that? Because the theory on this one is that the banking sector was taking down these financial companies that were banking with Silicon Valley, not financial companies, but the tech companies, pardon me. And therefore, if there's going to be a bailout, all the tech companies that were supposedly going to lose money in these bank failures because they had way more than the maximum FDIC insured deposit on tap with the bank, well, since they're getting bailed out and the Fed or the government has stepped in and said, hey, we're going to backstop the deposits on these banks, on Silicon Valley Bank and the other one, I think it was called Signature Bank, there might be another one also. So the tech companies, as opposed to a big swath of them falling apart because they ran out of money, couldn't make payroll, all that stuff, so government to the rescue, bailout nation, Occupy Wall Street is coming to a protest near you once again, and the queues bounce as a result of the lack of scare and rescue operation going on across the tech space that was banking with Silicon Valley Bank and others. That's the story there. Smash Mouth, not too bad. They're holding the 50-day moving average. They finished down 0.13%, 32 cents. Not that bad, not that big of a deal. They're a pretty good proxy for the tech space. They got the beneficiary 
of the tech rally today as a result of the bailout situation, when you look at the weekly chart, what's going on here? They're still doing the same thing. They haven't given it up yet. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. But this is the most constructive, I will say, chart that we saw tonight. Smash mouth. A couple of other things to consider. We're going to see some more volatility this week. It is quadruple witching options expiration week. That means everything is expiring. Options, index options, options on options, index on options and index options, all kinds of stuff that you can't even pronounce. I think we have another CPI release. Inflation, Fed, interest rates, bailout, all kinds of stuff. So let's expect some more rodeo action. Let me leave you with this thought before we end tonight. Where were the regulators when there was problems on balance sheet before two weeks ago? Chew on that one. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I am David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.